So hopefully today my message will go along with that. And there's a verse there from Romans that you can read as well. But that's something to think about each week. It's gonna, I think it's going to be a great new uh, thing for us to do for the year of 2019. It's very simple each week. It's short. The question's short. The answer's short. The wrestle may not be. You may have to wrestle with the answer because it may not align with what you've been taught in the past. And then that becomes part of what we do. Do I need to grab a mic? Yeah, okay. All right, is that better? Yeah. Okay. Now you'll hear how froggy my throat is. I, I told Val last night that I was starting to lose my voice and that she may have to do my sermon, but I'd give her good notes. We'll see if the notes are good for me or not <laughs> first. All right, so 2019, welcome. It's a new year. The very first week we sit there, or the last of 2018, we sit around and we think about the previous year or years in the past. And what are we going to do in 2019 that's different? How are we going to make 2019 the best year yet? You know, some of you had a really good 2018. Some of you had a really horrible 2018. But the fact that you're still here means that there's only hope to be better in 2019 and forward. So the thing that you need to know right off the bat is you need to watch out for my wife. She has this thing she does. Some people know her as the question lady. So her question this year is, what is your word? What is your word for 2018? What is your word for 2019? So for this year, for me, my word is balance. It's actually a trendy thing. I guess everybody does it now. I don't know, or not everybody, but there's a lot of people talking about it. Kelly's done it for probably over a decade, you know, but uh, so we have signs in our house for, I know which year she was doing what word, you know, like you get words in your house, so we're pretty soon we're going to write sentences, so it's going to be great, <laughs> but, <laughs> but okay, I'm not going to pick up my wife this whole sermon. I, I told her last night she was in it. I didn't think it was going to be this much, though. Um, <laughs> so balance is my word, balance, because uh, I had to learn that self-care is just as important as caring for others. And I've, I, I'm a very good person at putting myself on the back burner. So where is your focus as you reflect on the past, as you focus on 2018 or years previous? Are, is your focus caught in the negative or is it in the positive? You know, sometimes we get stuck in the negative. It's so easy. You know, I th- there's so many thoughts that came with this sermon. You know, like when we go to school, In education, what do we focus on? We focus on the bad grades. you got to get better in the bad subjects instead of being better at the good subjects. You know, why don't we align our lives with what we're good at instead of trying to do things we're not good at? It's a weird concept. You know, sometimes we, we sit and think about all the wrong that has happened to us instead of all the right. You know, an example, you guys heard me talk about it, back in October, our son's house was hit by lightning and burned. They lost pretty much everything. And so my wife and I were having this game, and she said, trials was her word for 2018. Well, we spend a lot of time together, and my word was blessings. So different perspective on the same exact, a lot of the same exact things. Because my son and daughter-in-law and my grandkids weren't home when the fire happened. 
And the fire chief said, if they would have been home, not everyone would have survived. So there's the blessing. You can replace a house. You can't replace people. So the song Hosanna, which is the second song we sang today, helps us to break out of that pattern of focusing on the negative or helps us to focus on who we should focus on so we can get out of the negative. So I'm going to repeat some lyrics today. We're going to go through three of the songs we sang today. Usually we won't do that, but today we're going to. So the verses, the lyrics go, because when, when, when we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. You are the God who saves us, worthy of all of our praises. Come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. How many times do we sit and wallow instead of sitting with the Lord through our trials? So I encourage you in 2019 to find the positive and ask God to show it to you. So we're coming up with new goals. Everybody comes up with a new goal for a new year or a new season in their life. It doesn't necessarily have to be called a resolution because everybody messes those up, so we don't do that anymore. But we change, we try to make changes. And where do these changes come from usually? Not accomplishing something we want to accomplish in the previous past, whatever, or something we don't want to do any longer. So we are trying to change a behavior. That's where it usually comes from. So the first song we sang, New Wine, should help us in our goal formation. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil I now surrender, you are breaking new ground. Here's the most important part. So I yield to you and to your careful hand. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. So make me your vessel. Make me your offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. They're so powerful. But when we sing them, so many times we get hooked on, oh, what's the next note? Where do I go? Do I go up, down? Which, how long do I hold it? When's the rest? When do I come in? You know, we don't hear the words. So, I'll be honest. Last night, I broke out of a funk that was bad, singing these songs over and over and over. And that's why I was going to go hoarse, because I was singing to the top of my lungs to my Lord. And that's what you have to do sometimes. So, warning. When you make a new goal, make sure God's part of it. Because when we make new goals that don't align with God, what God created you for, it's really hard to continue going down that path. You don't get edified by it. You spend a lot of energy you don't necessarily need. There's a lot of roadblocks, it seems like, when you do those things. So, as I've talked in the past, be in prayer about what God wants you to do with your next year. And also, I'm going to go back to it, do your spiritual gifts analysis. If you have not done it yet, you need to know what your personality is so you can align with where God wants you to serve him in his kingdom. There's two great ones. Last night I did one that was 108 questions. It's uh, gifts.churchgrowth.org. I don't see anybody with paper and pen. 
<laughs> okay. Gifts, G-I-F-T-S, dot churchgrowth.org. And last time I used the one 16personalities.com. And it's 16, the one six, personalities.com. Both are easy, they're great, they're accurate. Last time it nailed me as a, as a business owner and a pastor, so I think I nailed it. So, um, so that one I forgot the name of it until Kelly got home last night. But So if you're stuck in the negative, is it because of our own perception that we failed? Sometimes we have things that don't work out, but is it just a trial that God wants us to go through sometimes? So maybe, not, maybe it's not a failure, it's just our perception that it's failure. Are you focused on those more than you're focused on the victories? Or are the negative cutting words people have spoken to you, maybe, and maybe it's just your whole life, people have put you down. You know, it's debilitating. That's exactly where Satan wants you to be, focused on the, on the words and the mistakes you've made. You know, there's a lot of people in life that will try to intimidate you. You know, supervisors employers, friends sometimes even, executives and the self-serving want to knock you down so that they are better, so you cannot surpass them, so you, they don't want you to attain what you're created for. They want to hold you down so that they will not be surpassed because they're jealous of what you might be able to do. But that's where I've been for the last couple of years, maybe even a few years suppressed by negative thoughts and comments, and they've held me captive. 2019 is the year of change. No more facades. No more putting on airs, but being real. And when people say, how are you doing? I can say, crappy, as an answer. Instead of always, I'm good. I'm all right. You know, I'm getting better, and I'm going to take care of myself. And I plead with you to do the same, because God doesn't want you to be held back and debilitated by others. He wants you to be in communion with him. So you need to know some promises that come from the Bible about God. God supplies all of our needs. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply every need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. The peace of God guards our hearts and our minds. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4.7. My new self is righteous and holy. Put on the new man who has been created in God's image in righteousness and holiness that comes from truth. Ephesians 4.24. When we believe in Jesus, we become new, and we don't have to listen to the old self or the old things people said about us. We can become new. I am a new creature in Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17 In Christ Jesus, I have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. 1 Corinthians 
Thank you, Lisa. God loves us so much. So, so much. He didn't even have to create us, but he did. He chose to make you and me. And so we have a purpose. We have a purpose here. And he goes to really long lengths, including his own son's death, to make us right with him. So we owe that to him. We owe that to our creator, that we want to serve him and help others to know who he is. So the song, Who You Say I Am, the last song we sang over and over and over, and guess what, it's not over yet, Uh, over and over. Every single line in that song refers to a part of scripture. Every single line. So I'm going to illustrate some scripture to go along with every single line. We're going to break this whole song down so you can see why we sang it so many times. So the first line, who am I that the highest king would welcome me? Refers to the first commandment. I am your Lord, your God. You shall have no other gods before me. He wants to be in communion with you. He wants to be in right relationship with you. I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. First Corinthians 6.17 But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have received from God, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. That's for all of us that are going to start a diet again, I guess. My wife gave me a book one year that was said that your, your body is a temple, but mine was a megachurch. So, <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know how women get away with it. I'm just saying. In, he, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the, pan, uh, the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. Ephesians 1, 11, 12. To work everything out for his praise and his glory. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ, Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Romans 1, or 8, 1 and 2. For freedom, freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery, that slavery to sin. Galatians 5, 1. I am a child of God. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you are a son, then you are also an heir through God. Galatians 4, 7. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but of God. John 1, 12 and 13. Free at last, he has ransomed me. His grace runs deep. God made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 But they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is Christ Jesus, 
Romans 3.24 But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions or sins. It is by grace that you have been saved. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. But now in Christ Jesus, you, you used to be far away, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Ephesians two thirteen, And in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 1, 7. In my father's house, There's a place for me. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.6 But our citizenship is in heaven, and we also await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.20 And my favorite part of the song is called The Bridge. I am chosen. I no longer call you servants. Because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. John fifteen fifteen and 16. For he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we may be holy and unblemished in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with a heart of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Colossians three twelve. We know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that, you have been cho- that he has chosen you. 1 Thessalonians 1.4 Not forsaken, which also can mean not forgotten. In him and through him, in, and I'm sorry, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Ephesians 3.12 Obviously you can't, be found, you can't approach him if he's forgotten who you are. And you are for me. For we are his workmanship, having been created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand so we may do them. Ephesians 2.10. Not against me. If you grew up in a church where God was a wrathful God and would, you felt like when you sinned, he would punish you, know that he's not against you. He will hold you accountable, but he's not against you. He wants your best because he loves you. And in Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? So, what I'm going to do to close this sermon is we're going to stand up and we're going to read the bridge as many times until you believe it. So, go ahead and stand up. We've sang it a hundred times, but now we're going to say it. So, we don't have to worry about the words, the notes, the whatever. But we're going to say it over and over if we need to. But we're going to declare it. Not just say it, we're going to declare it. And to declare it means you shout it. Okay? I am chosen, not
lot better than I thought. <laughs> Amen. You guys rock. You believe it. I can feel it. So thank you. Thank you for letting me go through all of those verses. I know it was a lot of scripture. If anybody wants it, they can re-listen to it online or they can just, I'll give them the notes. But we're confirmed over and over and over and over that he loves us. He calls us our children. He lets the Holy Spirit live in our hearts and in our souls and our spirits. We are actually called in to be a part of the Trinity. If you think about it, if you think that the Holy Spirit is within you, you are called in to a right relationship with God. You have access to him at all times, through all things. Rely on him, count on him, believe what he writes, believe what he says. Don't think you're on an island by yourself. And thank you for letting me speak to myself today, because I needed to hear it as much as anybody else in the room. So let's pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you. Even when we don't understand you, we trust you. We give our lives over to you every minute, every second, in all times, in all places, Lord. We thank you that we can rely on you and we can trust you. That we know who you are and that you will blow our minds beyond our wildest belief when we get to see you. Father God, we thank you that you trust us to be your hands and your feet on this earth and to spread your gospel, that you trust us enough with other people's eternity, that you tell us to go out and teach. We don't change anybody, but we can plant the seed so that the Holy Spirit can warm their hearts and, know, and let them know who you are. In Christ's name, amen.